Hey guys, I'm here with Mark Angela Coppola, who co-founded the Valhalla Movement, a permaculture farm and sustainability learning center near Montreal, Canada. And he also runs the Superhero Academy, where he teaches social entrepreneurs and sustainable business leaders how to become better storytellers. So Mark, how did you get into this? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, for me, the journey was, it was quite a journey. Uh, there's, there's not one specific thing that led me into this rabbit hole of all the creations that have, that have done both physically and digitally. Um, but the biggest thing that I could say is that as I was going through university, I realized that everything that I was creating and doing everything that I was learning in a university, uh, wasn't really truly serving me in the real world. And yet when I was as an entrepreneur from 18 to 21, I had, I ran my first business. I was learning so much on the streets. I was learning so much in real world and real practice and through real mentorship, let's say. And, um, as I graduated university, I decided I was not going to let, um, schooling get in the way of my education. And I was going to watch a documentary a week every single week for 52 weeks straight. And uh, needless to say, it was a very depressing year, but it was also a very <laughs> powerful year. Yeah. Um, you know, it really changed my life, my perspective on what is going on on the planet. And I, and I learned so much about the challenges that our world is facing, um, but also the narrative like problem that we have. Because mm. each one of these documentaries is spending 90, 95% of their time talking about a problem and then like 5% of the time saying, we need to do something about it, but oh, never yes, really so giving true. us an opportunity to understand what that really would look like and how that, how that can mobilize, right? Okay. So it's, we can always be inspired by what we see on Netflix or YouTube or whatever it is, but it didn't feel like enough. And so um, as I graduated, I also decided I was going to dedicate my life or dedicate some time of my life to build a school I wish I could have gone to both physically and digitally. And so Valhalla is the physical embodiment of <laughs> building a campus, building a space, building a community of, you know, about 150 people to come together and actually right. physically build community and build a learning center. And then the same applies to the online realm and, and world. And, and this is something I've been, you know, learning through uh, storytelling online, through marketing, if you want to call it that. Um, yep. And also through um, building movements, essentially using social media, using video, using all of these different tools as, a, as kind of a weapon, if you want to see it that way. Amazing. So yeah. at the, your Valhalla farm, um, what does it look like there? Yeah. So when we first walked out there, it was a GMO corn and soya field. So seven <laughs> years ago, you know, right around now, I would have been walking out into a field with absolutely nothing there and uh, inherently just participating in uh, looking at the land. I had never planted anything in my life. There was zero there. It was just purely flat, completely toxic. Nothing was growing. I mean, we're talking GMO, you know, Monsanto-esque uh, corn and soya on rotation for countless years. Wow. And, um, and that's obviously not the direction we wanted to go. You know, I had not yet heard about permaculture. I had not yet heard about earthships or eco-construction necessarily. I mean, I obviously knew that things like solar panels and wind turbines existed, but I knew nothing about any of those things. Um, and now it's transformed more and more into a permaculture kind of space there's there's kind of a five acre piece that's dedicated to that and, and is more of like our learning center space okay. and then a market garden um across the street so we we're kind of working at the moment about 20 acres of land roughly at the moment uh mm -hmm. but we're barely touching you know we're not touching all of that um and the entire project is about a 66 acre piece of land um about a third of which is forested oh nice do you do, you do any yeah. food forest any mushroom seeding that kind of stuff 
Yeah, yeah, we totally wild forage. We have a yeah. mushroom, a minimum mushroom mushroom farm. We also have uh, bees and and a little bit of everything. I mean, we're we're building an ecosystem as a, as a whole. So, I mean, okay. there's everything from bat boxes to to beehives to uh, mushroom spores to you name it, we do it. We've done uh, CSA baskets, market gardening, permaculture, planted fruit trees, berry bushes, flowers. Wow. I mean, it's just endless. Like every every week, there's more. Every week, they're putting more and more into um, the space and, and, and into, uh, the soil. And that's, what's, uh, been very, very empowering. So it's like a DIY laboratory you've created to test out some of these ecological practices that you've, uh, been interested in. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a giant, I like to call it our giant sandbox, right? It's a playground <laughs> for us to kind of go out and, and learn a thing or two about, um, what it takes to, to build something of this nature. And, and that's, yeah. You know, that's not an easy task. Let's oh, say. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we've learned a thing or two about how to do it. We've learned how to, um, we've learned through a lot of mistakes, I'll say. I mean, we, it, it's, been, it's been a journey and it still is. Well, it's great that you've built this eagle community. You have this wisdom from experience because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you're sharing it with sustainability learning because when you get into these things on your own or in a small group, you know, and you don't learn from people that have already done it before in a sense, um, you end up making the mistakes that they made, that everyone made. Absolutely. And whereas I'm sure you could point out a lot of things uh, to people that would prevent them from making a lot of costly mistakes that could maybe sink the whole enterprise. Oh, quite literally. I mean, I, you know, literally today I got a call from, um, so we had this like, I wouldn't call it a court case, but we had this case against us at oh, the, yeah. we put earth on top of earth. We literally like came in and terraformed our own property. Okay. And I didn't know that you had to get permits and studies oh, to do God, all of this yeah. stuff. And I just <laughs> put earth on earth. Like, I'm like, what, you know what I mean? Like we're farming it. Like there wasn't, I knew, I knew we couldn't just like build anything, but I, I, I thought that if we put earth on earth and we chose to farm it, it was going to be fine. Okay. And long story short, I went through this whole process for literally for years. This is since 20, I mean, the process began in 2014. And so now we're 2019, um, you know, uh, we just had like, we had a judgment. They wanted me to show up in like a people's oh. court. It's not a courtroom, but it's kind of like a, a tribunal of people who are going to judge us and judge whether or not what we did was illegal or not. Oh and I had my. to bring in this, this, uh, what, what we call in Quebec an agronome, like a, an, uh, almost like a biologist, let's say, to okay. come in and, and, you know, certify that we did our, the best we could with the information and, and the stuff we had. And that inherently everything we did was pretty much above board, that there, there's no problem. We, we actually are looking to farm it. This is not about, I don't know, whatever other things that are non-agricultural based. Okay. So on and, so forth. and so today the, the agronome called me and he's like, hey, it looks like we might have reversed the decision. We don't have to go to the court on Thursday, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> that it was a $5,000 cost for me to do that. And yeah. many, many, many hours of frustration, stress, uncertainty, building a case, doing that. You know, my father's a lawyer, so we went back and forth, set a court date, pushed a court date. Da, 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 da. Like, man, it's so much work and people don't understand. Yeah. And if you don't, you don't know what you don't know for real, like, right? And no, that we forget, you know, that, that when those of us with experience are living this, we forget what that feels like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've learned a ton about storytelling. I've learned a ton about uh, building a movement and building community and farming and all that stuff. And these are very difficult markets to break into. A startup farm in 2019 is no easy feat. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's really, particularly one that's underfunded, meaning 
we, we didn't go out and get some big bank loan. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we bought a piece of land. Yes. We have that as collateral to maybe do some stuff, but you know, it's difficult. I mean, what are you going to yeah. do? Go buy a $250,000 tractor nowadays? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. 24 year old high barrier to entry to get into a lot yeah. of this stuff. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Millennials are, are running away from the farm and we see this in, in everywhere where, where yeah. you know, second and third world countries. I hate those terms, but I'll use them yeah. for the sake of understanding. But the, the point of, you know, so many people are leaving the farm and going to cities in those areas. It's already happened here in Canada or in North America for the most part. And it's only going to continue to happen further and further and further because that's where the opportunities are. And the barrier to being a... Well, yeah, it's interesting you say that, but it seems like in, in a way, the technology for remote work and a lot of what you do, you know, yes. and what you teach, like you don't have to necessarily sit in a classroom to learn anymore in a city at a prestigious university, you could watch the lectures online and from Thailand or whatever. Um, so it's interesting that like, it seems a lot of people I meet, you know, the, a lot of the opportunities are still in the city, but they're finding creative ways to work online, to work remotely. Sure. And maybe start a, a farm, a collective that can make some income. Um, You're totally and, right. And they're getting out. People kind of have this craving to go back to the land because the cities yes. have become these like concrete jungles, like disconnected from like the ecology, you know? Yeah, um, I think so, it's, it's very popular to say that. It's not very popular to do it. Meaning, yeah. lot, like, look, <laughs> our farm is 20 minutes away from downtown Montreal, okay? Wow. That means a, a city center of 20, a three, you know, 3 million people roughly. There's yeah. a ton of people there. We are one of the closest farms, if not the closest farm to the city. Meaning okay. there are very few farms you're gonna drive by before you get to our farm. And, and it borders suburbia, meaning people's million dollar houses, their backyard is our farm. <laughs> and that is still too far for people. Meaning there's a wow. lot of people that don't want to travel that far. They, they'll come for one day a week or they'll come once a yeah. season or whatever it is. But, you know, a lot of people want to get into this, but the, the opportunity is still found in the city center in some way, shape or form. And yeah. even though anybody can work from anywhere, the type of person who grew up in rural Kansas doesn't really have the knowledge of, of culture in the same way that somebody who lives in a city does. So their memory online and the kind of content and verbiage and things that they're doing online aren't going to really uh, fit that, that category powerfully, right? So they, they just don't really, it, the, the odds are stacked against them if they haven't experienced kind of city life and they're not seeing what's going on in the culture, if they're not experiencing a bunch of people walking around with their iPhones looking down at the screen. <laughs> if they don't get that yeah. life, then they're not going to speak to those type of people either. So yeah. I, I, do, I do agree that there's a return to the land moment. Or um, desire to um, do it, at least, I think is what you're, you're correctly pointing out. Totally. <laughs> it, 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 it's sexy to be green and mindful and vegan and all the things. Love it. But we don't yet, my, my opinion, don't yet see the massive wave of movement heading in that direction. But it's coming. It's coming because yeah. the next crisis is around the corner. And yeah. there's nothing like a good crisis to drive <laughs> people back to understanding that the government isn't looking out for them, that their jobs aren't safe, and that they're... Yeah. The real safety is in community, real opportunity and real empowerment is in your own investing in yourself, number one investment in the world, number two, investing in other with other people, investing in trust, investing in community building, going deeper rather than wider. So it's not about how many Facebook followers or Instagram likes yeah. that you get. It's about how deep are you going? How many, how many people can you call up right now or are willing to help you move or, or yeah. do something? How many people can you can you really lean into any of these things? And I say this. Not because it's easy for me to say. I say this having done both things. I build community yeah. in person. But you learn the hard reached, way, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but I've also reached millions of people online. So yeah. I have 
thousands and thousands of followers that I can, you know, reach out to at any one moment, but none of that means anything unless there are a thousand, like I like to talk about the idea of a thousand true fans, right? Yeah. I love that. Kevin Kelly. Really yeah. Looking for that. Exactly. You're really looking for a thousand true fans. You're really looking for a small core tribe of people that are intensely engaged in what you want to create and do. And that's it. You can build an entire business, an entire career, an entire farm, entire everything. If you can build up that network and build up that, um, that goodwill. And so, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of skills involved in doing that. There's a lot of um, information. There's a lot of decisions and choices that people like you and I and whoever wants to do this need to make. Um, But we're, we're working through it. And and I've just been at it for a long time. I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, since, uh, since 2007. I mean, you know, it's 12 years now. So it's really, you, you get to learn a thing or two, you know, you don't just end up as a digital nomad making a hundred thousand dollars a month. It's just not, that's not how it works. A lot of people love to tell you that. But you sell the dream. People are like America, the West, a lot of North America is about selling the dream. Sure. No one wants to hear like uh, the reality that's negative thinking, you know, (laughs) often. Um, But what you describe is very interesting because um, I see with like relationships and community, the commitment's so important. Like the commitment to show up every week or every day, get your hands dirty, do the hard work. You know, it's people like the I, idealism of a lot of this stuff. Uh, but when it yes. comes down to getting their hands dirty, you realize, holy shit, it's hard to build community. It's hard to, to, to grow food and, and it, food growing. It, it takes such a, like a commitment through the seasons and the planting and the taking. And it just it. doesn't operate at the pace that our cities do. Meaning yeah. you make a thousand dollars growing tomatoes. You have to grow like three, four thousand tomatoes and everything has to go right. You have to have the right yeah. land. The soil has to do it. You can't face a drought. You have to know how to blah, 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 blah. There's a million things you have to do. And yeah. then they're, they're ripe at that one moment. And even if you grew all those 4,000 tomatoes, you have to sell them all. You have to have marketplace for doing all that stuff. And you get to do that like once or twice a year, you know, for, for like a, a window of time, right? Wow. Like there's only a very short season, particularly here in Canada. So you see, you have to start asking yourself like, man, if that, if I'm only going to get one payout a year and it has to work or else I'm finished, what yeah. am I going to do? You know? And so the average person doesn't have that opportunity. And, and I understand, like, I'm not shaming people by saying, Hey, be a part of the movement and you're not a real farmer. Or you're not a real you yeah. know, environmentalist. Yeah. It's not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say it's trendy to do it, but a lot of people don't know how to do it. Where do I go? What do I do? How do I be empowered to make this happen? Yeah. And I, and I truly believe that kind of the, the merge between, I, here's what I like to say, the merge between ROI, meaning return on investment and the other ROI of ripple of impact is incredibly important. And yeah. so you being an entrepreneur or a freelancer or creative or influencer, um, that is a very helpful way to kind of self-empower, build a you know, reputation, build a network and build a, a cash flow that enables you to invest that in longer term opportunities that have much more ripple of impact. So, yeah. you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, what do you do? Do you have a 401k or the equivalent in Canada? Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, no, of course not. I'm like, my 401k is the, the fruit tree I just planted over there. Cause it, you know, I planted it today in seven years, I might get an apple, but in 25 years, I'm getting a ton of apples. And that's the yeah, long-term thing. thinking is, is very, very strategic on long-term thinking and what's good yeah. in the short term, like instant gratification, for example, and the social validation of likes in the long term, it kind of trains you to do these very short term, shallow thinking processes that don't we're go trained. anywhere good. Absolutely. I mean, we're literally trained to do that and we're trained to build our audiences on these platforms. And then slowly but surely, the platforms limit our ability to even yeah. reach those audiences. Yeah. So everything that we thought was safe, everything that we invested in short term always ends up like 
screwing us over at some point now. And that's just how life is. That's the, yeah. the cycle of the market. If you understand that, you know, the like kind of the early adopters curve or the, the, the yep. life cycle of, of, of any business, of any industry, of anything you're doing, you have to understand where you are on the curve. If you're joining Facebook now and building your business on Facebook now, it's great. You can make money now, but in 25 years time, I don't think it's going to be the same business. Facebook will yeah. have to diversify into new business cycles. They are going to do it. They're launching a cryptocurrency. It's brilliant. They yeah. have Instagram. They buy it. They buy WhatsApp. They buy the next thing all the time and they're just able to survive because they have enough cash and have enough you know, business sense to essentially do this. But if you are building on the platform that was built yesterday and most people have already adopted it, it's not really, you're not going to find that much more opportunity there. You know, yeah. even in social media terms, you, you have a better chance of being a Pinterest or a LinkedIn star than you have, have been breaking through the noise on Facebook nowadays because there's just that much more competition on those yeah. on Facebook than there is on the other platform. So um, obviously those things are relevant, but storytelling is an art, not only from the perspective of sharing a story, meaning the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yep. Body language is an art, right? Understanding yep. like the, when I move my hands and I get, you know, when I zoom up or whatever, get close to the camera or whatever, all of those things speak a, a language, speak a, a level of passion that, that you cannot find and, and you cannot necessarily learn. You have to practice. I agree. And then the other half of that equation is being able to, once you have a story, how do you get it out to people? How do you really share a story that's compelling enough that other people share it? And how do you focus not just on what you want people to do, meaning like buy my stuff, click my funnel, yeah, do my yeah. thing. How do you focus on the value you're creating and allow people to kind of share it for you, allow them to move that forward? And, um, you know, and that's how we meet. That's, that's how you and I met, right? Yeah. Like somehow I, I create stories and you see them and, and you know, I, I obviously I hold some kind of uh, space in your, in your mind and, and your heart yeah. and, and having some expertise or understanding of what I do. And, and that's what you do. And you do it over and over and over and over again, year after year after year. This is far from the first time I tell my story on, you know, on a podcast, yeah. for example. Well, you, you have a very good natural flow to what you do. And sure. I think that really comes from intrinsically enjoying what you do and, and having a deep meaning and purpose and a mission that's long-term. Um, and you talk a lot about philanthropy and entrepreneurship, which I think is very interesting about making money and giving back to create that community. Um, yeah. And you've done a very good job with that. I want to speak a bit to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, philanthropist is the type of person who, who's an entrepreneur who gives a shit. That's the simplest yeah. way for me to say it. They, 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 yes, they care about making money. Yes, they care about growing and scaling. And yes, they want to find, you know, feed their families or themselves. And yes, they want to, you know, potentially buy a Tesla or whatever it is. Fully understand, <laughs> yeah. fully you know, power to you for doing that. But buying a Tesla is very different than buying a Hummer. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur and just grow and scale the business to be the biggest thing ever, and you don't care how you make money, then yeah. great, go be Martin Skorlicki or whatever, the guy who like, you know, boosted up the prices 14,000% oh, yeah. drugs and go be that asshole. Big it's not a problem. Yeah. Like it, it, you could go do that, but that's not the person that I want to be. That's not the person I want to support. Not the person our school, let's say, wants to, to support through the Superhero Academy. Yeah. Um, but somebody who, who does see the ROI of return on investment and the ROI of ripple of impact and can merge those two, that makes a lot of sense to me. And here's the truth. People like Warren Buffett, right, who are so well-known for his ability to get a return on investment, realistically plays the game of fundamentals. He, he treats everything with a long-term vision and long-term thinking. He yeah. doesn't invest with short-term mentality in mind. He's not looking at the day-to-day -day market or the day-to-day -day price. 
nor is Bill Gates, nor is most investors, unless they're yeah. day traders. And even then, that's not the average person who's massively wealthy. There are not the people who are taking care of these giant trillion dollar funds, right? The, those are the people who are looking long-term. They bet long-term and they hedge their bets in different categories. So they basically invest in different ecosystems that are, you know, inversely correlated in some cases, correlated in other cases. And they have a, a, a way of holding their values and they use those values and those principles and the fundamentals mathematically in their minds, they believe makes sense. And they invest with those mathematics and with those principles in mind. Great. Yeah. I do the exact same thing with the principles of, hey, if it's bad for the planet, I'm not investing. If it's not good Love for it. the ecosystem, I'm not participating. If this is Im impacting people in a positive way, not doing it. If it's going to tell them a story that's not true, not going to do it. So inherently, you get to figure out where your yes and your no is very clearly. And that's what philanthropy is. I don't think it has to be done and, you know, oh, I'm helping some poor kids in Africa. Great. That's phenomenal if that's what you want to do. But that's not where, that's not the only philanthropy that we need. We don't just need to give out fish in other countries and feel good about ourselves. We need to solve real world problems. And those real world problems are actually happening here in, in, the, in the Western world, in the Northern Global North, let's say, because yep. we're the ones who are the mass consumers. You know, if everyone lived like me, the average Canadian, we need five planets to survive. So when I learned, yeah. when, when I learned that everyone lived like me and everyone wants to kind of live like me. Why not? Right? Why wouldn't you want to have more? Right? It makes a lot of sense rationally. Well, you know, it, well, live like me is I turn on the tap, water comes out. I have electricity to my heart's content. I've never not. I have access to the internet and high speed technology. I have access to ordering anything on Amazon and being in my door within two days. I have, I have. White privilege. The convenience level is extremely high. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a very so, convenient so life. Yes. Yeah, so it, I, if I can use that privilege that I have, whatever yeah. your privilege is, okay? And it doesn't, I'm not talking just about a race thing or a gender thing. All yeah. those things factor in. Don't get me wrong, 100%. But whatever privilege you have, if you grew up in a, in a rich neighborhood or you won the lottery and that's your privilege, great. Take it and use it for good and use it with some level of, something bigger than you at heart. Invest in the world around you and not just you. Don't just think about yourself, think about others. And that's the people who grow. Anybody yeah. who grows online, the Gary V's of the world. Is he, is he constantly selling you on something? No, he's just giving you value, giving you value, giving you value. And at the end of the day, that is selling you something. He is yeah. selling himself, he is selling his expertise. And, and, but he doesn't have to be in your face about it. And there's so many people yeah, that are just that, yeah. missing that. They, they, they're treating... They, they're, they're seeing the, they, they see storytelling and marketing as synonymous and they are because yeah. marketing done right is storytelling. That's my opinion. I completely but agree. Storytelling doesn't mean marketing. It doesn't just mean yeah. sell, sell, sell. It means share something, share something. Connecting with people's hearts rather than just this, the mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If I watch a Disney movie or a superhero movie, I'm listening to a story. Even if I know where the story goes, which I do, right? Who doesn't know where the, Batman movie ends up. We all do. We all, who doesn't know how Aladdin ends? We all do. But the truth is that we still love the story. We still gain value and extract from that story to bring this into our own lives, bring this into our own wisdom. Um, and that's important. Are there any like great teachers or storytellers throughout history that have really inspired you? Um, I or even think current as well. Storytellers. Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's, there's a ton of current storytellers that inspire me. I mean, I'm very inspired by a bunch of YouTubers yeah. uh, in a modern day sense. I, I really love the Peter McKinnon's Casey Neistat's of the world, the people who do really beautiful 
videography, but also people who tell really interesting, powerful stories and very consistent. Yeah. So YouTube is, is somewhere, uh, a place that has my heart. I love people like Joe Rogan. I love Elon Musk. I love, um, there's a bunch of maybe smaller names and other things, that, but there's a ton of people today. Um, but I mean, if I had to go to some other storytellers, I mean, uh, history in general is yeah. a giant story, right? And, yeah, and right. I, I love history. I Me love too. to watch and, and, and learn about what went on. Um, you know, recently I went on a trip to Israel. I learned all about the Holocaust and the different things there. I'd already known some stuff, but I went like really deep into that. And I started to see all the, the different challenges that, that move the crate and, and, and how the Holocaust began way before the war began. That, that the, the movements that create these big events in our life happened way before the event actually happens. Yeah, and they often have their roots in very ancient times even. Oh, absolutely. I mean, quite literally. I mean, yeah. it, you, you know, even even me calling it Israel has some level of, of, of obviously a political uh, element, yeah. right? Whereas Palestine is Israel. And I'm not trying to be political here. I'm, I'm only trying to say that there's something to be learned from so many of the different pieces that we can learn uh, throughout history. Uh, yeah. I love philosophers we, like Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, those kinds of things too. There, there's a ton. Yeah, we all come from different lineages and we all tap into different lineages of knowledge and a lot of things with storytelling and, and how we relate to the world and meaning, you know, people have been thinking about this stuff for thousands of years. And even kind of what you describe with your farm, like, you know, rather than making these mistakes over and over again, you know, if you have some guidance from someone who's done it before, has been through similar problems before, um, you can flow a lot better and uh, achieve much more and have that impact, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, even, I mean, that's, yeah, go for it. Yeah, and even like uh, flows, it seems like a very big thing of what you do. You're, you seem like a very flowy person. Entrepreneurs tend to be very flowy and creatives. Uh, what are some practices that really get you into flow? Like, you know, what do you really enjoy doing in your life that makes you come alive? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that flow comes with the other half of the equation, which is structure. So uh, here's, here's the reality. To be an entrepreneur, that means you have no boss, technically. That's the beautiful thing, but it's also the challenge. Meaning, I wake up on a Monday morning, I can get out of bed at whatever time I want, but if I don't get out of bed and I don't start <laughs> working on something, then am I really gonna find a way to pay my bills next month, right? Yeah. The answer is most likely not. If I don't get up and move, if I don't invest, if I don't find a way to get going and be self-motivated, I'm going to suffer, I'm gonna find and bump up against a lot of the different challenges um, that I'm seeing. So being self-motivated is very, very, very um, rewarding, but it's also yeah. very difficult. And yeah. I focus a lot on the small steps and the small actions that make greatness happen. Okay. So I don't focus so much on like the big leaps that we need to do to make something um, happen. I focus on like, what can I do right here and right now today that moves me forward, right? Yeah. What is one piece that I, if I can achieve one thing every single day for the next year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years career, then I will have achieved something massive uh, by the end of it. And so yeah. that's how I focus. I focus on small little action steps and putting as much time and energy as possible into that. Um, and then I, I systematically go through a uh, planning and a scheduling um, <laughs> flow each and every single week. And Great. so there's a difference between the two, by the way. Planning is I make a plan, I find my true north, and I know where it is. Uh -huh. Scheduling is I put those things that I think are going to get me to that true north into my calendar, and I actually execute them. Yeah. And then I leave room for flow. I leave room for emergence. I leave room for you know 
whatever it is that's going to inspire me. You know, sometimes I put something on my calendar and I was going to do it, but you know, I'm not really feeling that way. So I'm going to sure. move in another direction. But the, the truth is I still am tracking what I need to do and how I need to do it. And there's a method to the madness. Uh, there, there is some level of a recipe there. Now, in other things, there is a ton of flow, meaning walking out in the middle of a GMO corn and soil field, planting a tree and declaring I was going to build the school I wish I could have gone to. I couldn't yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, I couldn't have scripted that. I couldn't have done that any better. Um, and, and I knew nothing about what I was doing. There was no plan. There was no anything. Now, yeah. that's where I made, I, I learned a lot and it, it built my whole career in the, the current category that I'm in. But, but I also made a ton of more mistakes. And so, yeah. um, you know, one of the, the best ways you can maintain flow is to have a feedback loop as well. And, and that's yeah. where mentorship comes in. That's where the power of having other people who've walked the path before you, even if you're trying to create something new and novel, first things first, chances are that it's that new and that novel, not that high. And many people who have achieved small sections of what you want to do, whether, whether you're the first ever company to try and build an electric car that's going to drive on Mars, for example. <laughs> the truth is other people have built cars, other people have built electric cars, and other people have built rockets that get you to Mars. Great. Why don't we learn from those people? How do you find the mentors and the people who have walked the path before you? Yeah. And that's like one simple way of thinking about it. But what about other things like project managers and, and CFOs and, 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 and many people who have thankless jobs. What I mean by that is they're, they're not the faces of organizations, right? Sure. How many people know the CFO of Apple today? No. Right? Yeah, How absolutely. many people can name Steve Jobs or Tim Cook? Well, but we have, a, yeah. especially in North America, we have this like obsession with personality cults of success on yes. Elon Musk and the Steve Jobs of the world. And they, exactly. they did it all, you know, like Steve Jobs created the iPhone and the iPad. And, but then there's all these people that, you know, created it, but they're like, yeah. They're, they're in the credits then, like a Hollywood movie, right? <laughs> you don't know you even see them. Absolutely. There, there's so many people and we champion all the, we champion the, the actors, but what about the cameraman person? What about the color corrector? What about the, the, yeah. the person who did the music and the scoring of the, of the sound? I mean, a movie is, is almost nothing without really good sound or really good auditory experience. So, I mean, like, realistically, there's so many pieces that go into making anything happen yeah. um, and, and finding mentors and finding guidance and, and, and joining a group of people who are doing the same with similar values and a similar mindset is going to up-level your game. It's going to change the result big time. Um, yeah. And that's what I wish universities and schools had. Yeah. Uh, but rather than pointing a finger and saying, oh my God, they're so bad and uh, <laughs> college debt is such a problem, all of which is true, if I wasn't willing to do something about it, then who am I? Right? Yeah. Who am I to point a finger? Who am I to judge somebody? Who am I to say they did it wrong, but not be willing to step up and, and participate in what might be right, right? Yeah. And, that's, and that's what our world needs more of. We need, to get, like, we need to get away from the idea that us clicking like and share is the only way that we can participate in something. That oh, yeah. <laughs> armchair activism or slackivism goes so far. It's good that they share, right? Awareness is a great thing, but that's yeah. just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much more that goes into this. Um, and, and, you know, we need to see that and we need to, we need to acknowledge that. And I think yeah. it's happening. I think there's a movement more and more where, um, there is a will to learn, but there are very few places to learn how to get involved. And, and I think yeah. that's the Bureau Academy and, and the work that I do and others, many others do, uh, is working to, to turn the tides on. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you very much are like a polymath, uh, self-directed learner, um, and I find when you, when people are oriented that way, learning on their own through their passions, through flow, um, the accountability piece is really important for like achieving a level of success, a high level of success. Yeah. 
Um, cool. What do you do to, to stay accountable to your community, uh, to masterminds, to other entrepreneurs or mentors that you engage with? Yeah, uh, biggest thing I do is bet big. Meaning if I'm really truly accountable and I really wanna do it, I bet on it. Um, simplest way to give you an analogy, two people walk into the gym on January 1st. One yeah. buys a gym pass, has access to all the equipment, all the things. Second person walks in, hires a trainer, pays 10 times the price as the first person, has access to the same equipment, but has a personal trainer who's just gonna egg him, egg him on and just be like, yeah, keep doing it, see you next Thursday, right? That person, who do you bet on? Forget yeah. who you are, who do you put your money on? Great, <laughs> I put my money on the person, even though they're paying 10 times the price, I put my money on that person because they're committed to doing it. The, yeah. the barrier to them not showing up is so much greater than the barrier to them showing up, um, uh, you know, compared to, you know what I mean? Like it, it, they, they are yeah. betting on themselves, they're betting big. So if you're high consequences, the, the consequences are high. high They've yes. committed socially. They probably told people about it. They put their money there. So they're one kind of, of more accountable to doing something about it. Yeah. One of my conditions for partnership with anyone is saying, what's your skin in the game? Exactly. Meaning, if you yeah. want partner with me, what's your skin in the game? If this fails, what's, what's in it for you? How's your reputation, your money, your energy on the line and not just your time. I mean, you, yeah. you your life in some way, shape or form. And, and those people, those are the people I want to partner with. Those are the people yeah. I want to share with. Those are the people I want to mentor. Those are the people I want to mentor me. So that flow of putting some level of energy into it, it makes sense. Now, do I think that we have to go out and get people to be $200,000 in debt and, and like that level of betting? No, that's, that's yeah, yeah. smooth. That's, that's my well, opinion. Well, in school, I think you're betting on an old system that worked great in the 20th century, perhaps. Sure. But now that everyone goes through it and there's a surplus of all these people with all these declining skill sets, it's like it's a new mentality that thrives today that the I, I like, you know, even when I was in university, you know, it was about 10 over 10 years ago now, like it was so out of touch with like my real experience. And oh, today absolutely. it's even more out of touch. And like most of what I've learned, I learned on the internet and then through connections with other people and whatnot. And, and like the, the whole passive learning model of sitting and listening to someone speak in a lecture hall. Well, you're learning right now. It's not that you're good. Doing it's this right now to learn. That's the point. You're doing it. It's like an interaction, right? It's a, it's a reciprocal interaction, I think, is how people learn better through human one-to-one -one in a sense even, or one-to-a-group and group sharing Absolutely. and conversation. Like even when I teach at nature retreats, it's really a conversation that I facilitate with all these people that are interested in nature and ecology. And it's yes. like, I'm not like... I don't know everything, you know, a lot of no, people the only I, I work with know more than I do in a lot, a lot of areas, you know? So it's totally. like, it's like really the collective knowledge of the tribe, the tribes we're part of that we really need to like bring out. And, uh, mm -hmm. I think what you're doing with your community is great. Um, do people live on site? Uh, that's the ideal scenario would be that they live on site. They do not at the moment. Um, okay. many of us live in town. So this is kind of right behind me is our story tour. And this is kind of our studio here in the old port of Montreal. Okay. Um, so a lot of us work out of here. Oh, nice spot to be. <laughs> yeah, it's Montreal's a fun yeah. city. It, is, it very much is. Um, but um, I mean, some people do spend pretty much every day there. I mean, we had yep. some full-time employees, some full-time farmers this year. We're taking a, a year to slow down a little bit. You know, yep. we did 50 CSA baskets last year, but the honest truth is that we weren't growing enough to really sustain enough work so it's worth more for us to prepare more garden beds so that we could grow like double, triple the amount okay. and then we can sustain the salaries of full-time workers. So it's, it's, the, it's the delicate balance between how much preparation do you have done so that you can go and do the thing that you need to do to scale it to a certain level. 
And that is the challenge of entrepreneurship. It's not just, yeah. are you the right storyteller? Do you have the right thing? It's like, look, it, all the pieces have to come together. Every element of finance and operations and, and yeah. talent and technology and, and, and you know, go-to-market strategy, launching, blah, 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 blah. There's so many things. You spend your whole life trying to figure it out rationally, but then yeah. when you kind of commit yourself to a vision and you throw yeah. yourself into the, the abyss, let's call it, the abyss kind of holds you up. And, you, yeah. and that's like, it's terrifying, but it works. And it's maybe and the only way that works. Sometimes the fastest way to learn how to swim is just be thrown into the deep end. Yeah. It's just a simplest way for me to say it. Yeah, I mean, with some, some like, social support that can kind of sure. drag you off the yes. bottom if, if you... Yeah, there's still, <laughs> look, there's still the, the, the lifeguard might still be there. Great. If, yeah. if it helps you to know that the lifeguard's there, great. I'm the type of person that the more the lifeguard's there, the, the less I'm going to learn. For me, I've yeah. always jumped off the cliff. That's why I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm, a, I'm more than an entrepreneur. I'm like a purebred entrepreneur. I, I'm the type of entrepreneur who likes to build businesses that are at beyond like the early adopter phase. I'm in the innovator yeah. phase. Like you I like want to scale. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take super, I like here's put it this way. I, I very rarely share this, but superior Academy is looking to be a school that pays people to go to the school rather than a school where people pay to go. <laughs> I love that that concept. is the innovation of where I'm going to forget free. It has to be better than free. Because free already exists, freemium models, hey, pay-per-click, nah, 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 and then you have to sell half your company oh, like yeah, the yeah. Ubers do to just get investment, 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 because there is no business model to that. It, you're, they're subsidizing your Uber rides, every single Uber ride. So great, I could go raise money and subsidize your education, but that's not a business model that's going to really work. So how do we find a way to actually pay people to learn and find a way to have them have skin in the game in some way, shape, or form, and at the exact same time, if they do the work, we pay them more than it ever cost them to be a part of it literally through our platform, not just once they graduate or once they do whatever, as they learn, if they do it, we are solving the biggest pain point that online schools have, which is most people don't finish. They don't do the work. And number two, we're finding a way to make education not only cheap and or free, but to make it as affordable as possible, as long as we reward those who show up. And that yeah. is doable. That's that the hard part, right? Is showing up every day. You know, and I, I know that I do online courses as well. And like, uh, you know, when things are free, almost no one finishes anything. Even it's like that with Coursera and like all the Stanford courses that are taught yeah. by the best guy who wrote the, created the discipline and everything. And, yeah. but it's like the, the investment thing is so key and the high consequences of, of, of money being involved in a sense. Um, but also like, you know, not everyone really is committed enough to learn a lot of things or passionate enough and their why is not strong enough. And it's hard to learn a lot of things like entrepreneurship, as you describe, it's not this safe space you know, it's a, a space of danger, you know, and uh, you need to navigate it fast and think on your feet. And, uh, and it's the only way to learn it is kind of uh, throw yourself into that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the best thing that anybody could do is hire a mentor and hire somebody to yeah, keep them accountable, support them, and who have walked elements of the path that they are on before, period. There's no ifs or buts about it. Well, it kind of goes back to the way historically people have learned and going back to ancient times, like mentorship is the normal model, uh, apprenticeship, you know, one to one, you know, and it's yes. like the one to many uh, lecture model. You can watch a YouTube video if I just want to watch someone talk like, like, you know, like it's all on there now. Right. It's like, but that one to one connection and that that's kind of more in the moment can help you navigate an uncertain future. Um, yeah the wisdom of experience from the elders, from, from people who have done it before, 
It's so and it important. doesn't have to be a time thing too. It's not about how many minutes I'm speaking to you. You can ask me one yeah. question and I give you one answer and it changes the course of your business your whole life. I've seen it happen before for yeah. me and for others through me. So, so the idea of, of it, we just, we are conditioned to think that, that certain things are, are the way it needs to be, that we need to put more time to make more money or that we need to do certain things to make more impact. Like, look, we, we've, we've, got a, we've, we've got a broken mentality. Yeah. And inherently, the first thing we need to teach beyond anybody else is ourselves, right? Yeah. So I, I, I've been through the ringer and I'm still going through the ringer many times over as I build. Yeah. I'm a student of life and a student of entrepreneurship forever. I'm also a student of movement building. I'm also a student of yeah. philanthropy. I'm a student of those things too. Not only am I a provider and a giver, but I'm also a receiver in many ways. I, yeah. have, to, I have to learn the balance between all of those. But things. there's a balance and, and the relationships yeah. are what is the focus, right? Yes. I think really that's what, why university and a lot of school is not effective. Your relationship with a teacher is non-existent. Uh, whereas yes. with a mentor or mastermind or, you know, accountability partner, your relationship is uh, very tight. And I, th that relationship is very important for how we learn. And the other difference is that many of these masterminds and mentorships and the other things create a, a really good balance between theory and then go put it to work. Right. It's like, if I'm mentoring somebody and they're like, Hey, how do I build a business plan? And then I show them how, and I give them an example and it makes them watch a class and I give them an example of our own, you know, whatever. Then they have to go do the work before I'm going to talk to them again. Like, look, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Go, yeah. Take yeah. A stab. So, go make, go make the first draft here. You know, yeah, they I mean? have to meet their end of the bargain to have this reciprocal relationship and, and respect the teaching. Cause if, if, if you like, it's like the whole listening thing, like if someone tells you something and you don't actually do it, you didn't really listen in a way, at least in a practical sense. Um, so that listening is key in execution and it creates that dynamic, that momentum, that trust, that uh, beautiful thing that like just creates momentum in our lives. Exactly. exactly. Um, what, what do you think, like, what would you say to someone that wants to start an eco community? Uh, they have some ideas, some friends, maybe they think they have enough people. What would you say <laughs> to them? <laughs> Uh, don't start one if you've never visited one or participated in one. Good, good insight. Yeah. If you've never been to an eco-village, you've never lived in an eco-village, you've never supported an eco-village, and you haven't done an eco-village, do not start one. <laughs> don't, I made a mistake. I, I've done, it, it boils down to the same thing. If you're going to do something, go learn from people who have done it before. Spend yeah. two years, three years working at one, supporting one, living at one, figuring out the dynamics, studying how people interact. You will save yourself three years of time if you do it that way. If you spend three years, not only can you get paid and support, learn all the things, learn the best practices, you will save yourself three years and guaranteed $100,000 wow. out of your own pocket if you just do it that way. That's, this is why Superior Academy was built. So many people kept coming up to me. I want to start an eco-village. I'm like, look, yeah. <laughs> there are hundreds and hundreds of eco-villages out there. All of them are lacking labor, support, people to be, participate marketing storytelling Every, video all that stuff all of that they all are lacking so much talent support skills patrons they yeah. all need your help every single one of them but it's your ego that thinks that you yeah. want to create your own you think <laughs> that you can do it great if you think which is a recipe own, for a, a, a lousy community yeah no I, <laughs> if you think you could do it on your own if you believe you're the person listening to this and you believe you could do it on your own you're full of shit you're gonna <laughs> fail and call me when you fail. And so I could tell you, I told you so, because you are going to fail. I was that person. I, yeah, we all do I, that in life. We all think we can figure it out ourselves. And then we, not reality out kicks in. Anything on your own like that. Not <laughs> even close. It, it, to, look, put it this way. 
forget my wisdom, the wisdom of, 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 of the ancients to uh, <laughs> raise a child takes a village. Great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Build a village to raise a single child takes a whole village. So what it makes you think that you could build a village on your own to build a village, <laughs> it takes a village too. It yeah. requires yeah. all the skill sets and things that you do not have. You might yeah. be the world's best storyteller, but if you don't have somebody who can edit your videos, you ain't worth shit today, right? If you don't know how yeah. to- Yeah, it's like reciprocal collaboration with different people that's so important because it's like, you're good at certain things, you get in the flow doing certain things, yeah. and you gotta get other people that focus on what they're good at and have that multi-dimensional talent community. Yeah. Um, that's so important, yeah. And there is that natural tendency, especially in, our, I think, the Western culture of like, the rugged individualist, the Steve Jobs, Elon well, Musk, the, uh, you know, the people just overcame. Yeah, we all, yeah. we all finished in eighth place and got first place trophies. I mean, it's not that in that culture, we all believe that we have this, the thing that it takes to be special. And it's not to say that that's not true. Yeah. Right? It's not to say that that's not true. You might be that special person, but you are one person out of the entire community who is special because every one of you is actually special, but you need each other to make that work. Elon Musk ain't worth shit yeah. without all the people who helped him build what he's built. Okay? Period. You could talk about how he made his millions. Well, he didn't invent the internet, but he invented something on the internet. So without the people who came before him, it ain't worth shit. You, are, you don't live in a microcosm. You live in a macro system here. There's an yeah. ecology around you. There's an ecosystem around you yeah. forming you. And if you want to learn anything about building anything, go spend some time out in nature and realize that the trees aren't doing anything without the mushrooms. The mushrooms aren't doing anything without the trees. <laughs> and right. so inherently they work together you have to learn how to work together so first skill set go spend time at an eco village spend time learning these different things and if you really truly have the chops great then there are places where mentorship and other things are available you know there's all kinds of land available um but i i think that the first thing you should do is go and spend some time at one yeah i completely agree like when you're sitting in an office slaving away you know on a screen all day like a lot of work today is like that uh, it's easy to look out the window and imagine living in an eco village and all the paradise it could be. Then you see movies like The Beach is a good example and based on a great sure. book um, about mm -hmm. how these just utopian communities melt down and the egomaniacs and the conflicts and the factions and, and how the human ex experiment or the human condition kind of, you know, shows up everywhere you go, you know? <laughs> it will happen every time. Animal Farm and 1984, yeah. I love it. Like the George Orwell... I, I truly believe those are two of the best books ever written. Yeah. Um, they I'm a big are fan of Brave New World, too. Sure, yeah. They're incredibly, incredibly informative as to the way that the conditions work. Um, you know, even Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And, and by the way, Valhalla fits in that category, too. Right? As much as we're, we're the change makers today, one day we're the establishment tomorrow. And, and, yeah. and that's part of the flow don't get me wrong i am dedicated to being an innovator for the rest of my life but there's no doubt about the fact that some younger buck is going to come by when i'm 74 and is going to innovate way more than i am because they just are on the pulse they're in a different stage of their life they're in a different stage of their career they're yeah. in a different stage of understanding and learning and they are maybe less closed off to they're, they're they're learning from the world in a different way than i will be able to now i hope to be a student of life forever it doesn't mean i'm always going to be the most innovative person i need support if I need yeah. support and I'm right there doing it, I'm in it. We have the land, we have the community, we have the storytelling. 
I, to this day, still need support. In fact, I need more support now than I did then. And so more and more and more, you're going to realize that to build a village, it takes a village. So start by changing yourself, understanding what your role is in the ecosystem and own it. And stop switching it. Stop thinking you have to know everything to be a part of something. You just need to, you need to do something and master something and be really, really, really good at it. I talk, I talk about 1,000 true fans, 10,000 hours. Those are the yeah. only things that matter. If you don't have 1,000 true fans anything you're doing, online storytelling, you still haven't built anything yet, in my opinion. Yeah. You need to get to that position. It has to get there. It's not about how many likes you get on each post. It's not worth anything. It's about 1,000 true fans. I agree. And second piece is 10,000 hours. What have you put 10,000 hours into? Not hack, not growth, not looking at Tim Ferriss to cut corners and all the things. <laughs> Those are all great. Those are all helpful for you when you need to scale. But yeah. if scaling doesn't happen until you are a master at something. So yeah. what are you a master at? What is the thing that you do better than almost anybody and get better and better and better and put time, more time and time and time and energy into that? You know how many interviews, you know how many times I've told this story? <laughs> over and over and over and over and over and over again. I refined it so many times that there's, there's a reason why whoever's listening to this is still listening to this, right? If you are listening to this right now, you are here because I have put my 10,000 hours into this. But also, you showed up to write this. And you showed up to listen to this, right? And to create this and make this opportunity happen for me. So I'm not alone in this ecosystem, right? I'm, ju- I'm just a guy with the mic right now. But, yeah. but the mic wasn't made by me. The stage wasn't set by me. And, and so there is so much more that we have to do. And we have to enter and understand that with gratitude and, and a, humble, a humbleness too, to everything they're creating. Yeah, it's beautiful what you've done, man. You, you, you're a light in the world. I really appreciate, you know, hearing your insights and storytelling and building this community. I want to end with like one big question. Um, sure. Are you optimistic about the future of humanity? Um, <laughs> um, I mean, just in my hesitation, the answer is yes and no. Okay. So, uh, am I optimistic that all people are going to do well and that the world is going to continue to operate in its glory days as it is today? No, I am not. Yeah. I believe we are going to go through a ton of chaos. Um, I, I believe that we're sooner, we're closer to that than we think. Uh, yeah. we, I don't think we've ever been closer to midnight, let's say, on the doomsday clock, if you want to see it that way. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, I, I, I don't want to call myself a doomsdayer, but it definitely motivated me to start Valhalla. Um, you know, there's a lot of motivation that comes through fear and, and that's important and that's natural in the world, but I am also hopeful. I, I wouldn't do everything I would do if I thought that everything was just going to hell anyway. So yeah. do I have hope? Yes. Do I believe some people will make it through? Absolutely. Do I believe humanity will survive? Yeah, there's a, there's a definitely a good chance. And, and there's also a good chance that we don't, um, yeah. it depends on what time scale we're talking here. Right. But the, but do I, do I feel, you know, the future in the next, 20, 30, 50 years is going to be very easy. No, I, I think there's a lot of concessions and a lot yeah. of the lifestyle and the luxuries that the average person doesn't really realize they have um, are going yeah. to come tumbling down. There's going to be a lot, a lot of humble, um, humble, humble reality doses that are coming our way. Um, and, and it's not to, to focus and harp on the problems, you know, the, yeah. you know, this is what I learned about the problem. I don't want to talk to you about the statistics of, how there's going to be more, you know. Well, we didn't really touch on that. It's not important, really. People yeah, know about not, it, right? It's, it's everyone can 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 recite I'm not something serving about that. You. Exactly. I'm not going to serve you by telling you the, the problem. What I can serve you in saying is that you can be a part of the solution 
There yeah. are ways for you to make the solutions exist. And there's a way to do that while still winning the game in this system. Meaning you don't have to exit the old story to thrive in the new one. You get yeah. to transition, but the earlier you choose to transition, the better it is. If you keep buying the newest iPhone, you aren't sacrificing anything. You, you aren't going to recognize that you have, you aren't investing in your future. You're making a bunch of short-term bets and that might work out for some of you. Yeah. Honestly, some of you might like have that luck streak and, and, you know, win big and, 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 but you you might as well, you honestly have just as many odds on that as, as you playing blackjack or, <laughs> or, you know, um, betting on red at the roulette. Well, the system is a bit of a big casino in a way. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a casino. It's, it, it, you actually have better odds. If you keep making short-term bets throughout your entire life, you have a better odds of being rich going to the casino and just betting it all on red than, yeah. than you, if you do make it. That's my, my personal opinion. That's math. It's the math behind it. Yeah. Because each and every day you have an opportunity to choose what you do with your now and with your energy. And yeah. so do I have hope? Yeah, I have hope that people are going to awaken, not because they wanted to, but because they're going to have to. Um, yeah. And that's a world that will, will favor those who have prepared. And, and I don't say yeah. that as a prepper. I say that as those who have like just seen the wave coming. I mean, it's obvious where certain things are going. The, the trends are there. Yeah. If you open your eyes, if you're listening to this, you're already, you're on, you're on to it. You're ahead of the yeah. curve. But you, but <laughs> Everyone you, but, knows. <laughs> yeah. But you know, beyond like leaving a comment, clicking like, letting, asking us questions, whatever it is, I'm, I'm happy to answer them in the comments. Just know that you can put down the phone, you can put down the screen and you can go outside and start doing right. Yeah. And, and doing doesn't have to mean that you have to start your own project. You could go somewhere where somebody's doing something and get involved. And that's what the, the fastest, easiest way you can, we can do something. Um, and if you really want to leave something, great. Learn what it takes to leave something, then start. That's going to be helpful. Or find somebody who's going to really keep you accountable and is going to hold you, your feet to the fire and, and really push you to make those things happen. Because even if, even if you could do it on your own, you'll do it twice as fast if you have somebody else holding your feet to the fire. Right? We all know what it takes Community. to get back We need that tribe. Period. Cultivate we all that. know what it takes to get six-pack abs. We all know that if we eat more <laughs> kale and do more sit-ups and we do it every day, we have a six-pack. But that's why... But it's not why it's not that we don't know. So we don't have somebody doing it and putting our feet to the fire and or doing it consistently enough for us to make that happen. And, you know, the personal trainers in the world are undervalued. Uh, the mentors in the world are undervalued in our in our ecosystem. Um, but I don't think that that's going to be there forever. I think that's going to change, too. And that's and that's the, the beauty of it. There are people who know the solutions. There are people who have done the work. There are people who have cross pollinated a ton and yeah. have established very good ecosystems. Um, and we championed some of them, right? Elon Musk, in my opinion, is an ecosystem builder. He's very, very, very future uh, seeing foresight is very strong. Very, very strong. But he's, also very you know, risky what he's doing as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's taking very calculated risks um, at the, as an attempt to build an ecosystem. Um, yeah. And but you have and to do now, that. In my opinion, he's done enough to to mitigate most of those risks. He still has some yeah. <laughs> large scale risks in the future. And yeah. I, I can, you know, I can, my own, with my own judgment can see what those things are, but I think he's through most of the, the hard part now. And, and now he just, he sees, he's built something that has a mind of its own. And that's yeah. the beautiful part. I hope so. We need a new energy system more than anything, I think. So uh, it's good that he's dedicated himself to that and, and put so totally. much time and effort and sweat into it. <laughs> totally. Um, where can people learn more about you, Mark? Uh, if you've watched this far, you know where to find me. Links, okay. comments, all that stuff, superheroacademy.net if you want to learn more. 
Um, okay. I'm on all the social, all the places, but I'm sure the links are somewhere. And if you're looking for those links, make sure to leave, you know, that remember that comment about slacktivism? Yeah, I don't think you could change the world with your likes, but you definitely can make another person see something. So if you feel like sharing or clicking like, leaving a comment, all that stuff always supports. Um, rather than finding me, you know, find me in the comments, tag me. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot for your time, Mark. Yeah, thank you.